We've got an extra exciting episode of Monday Madness this week because we've got two weeks worth of craziness to get into today. Two weeks worth of news, two weeks worth of trailers, and even two weeks worth of reviews themselves with all our thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, including a ranking of all five Indiana Jones movies in today's Let's Talk. Janine has a view, uh, a review, I should say, of Joy Ride. We have trailers for the second Nun movie and a new Bob Marley One Love uh, biopic as well. News about the Superman casting that we haven't talked about on this show. We also have a particularly, I think, reviled superhero movie from the early 2000s, getting a little bit of a comeback in an upcoming uh, Deadpool movie, shall we say. We know exactly what that is, thanks to news this week. We've also, of course, got a pretty exciting announcement that we did promise, we would say, on the episode of this show that we had today. All that, even more, welcome to The Madness. Ooh, an epic intro there. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <Yeah. laughs> Welcome back to Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. Hello, Janine. How are we? How are you? How am I? How are they? <laughs> that is all wonderful, I think. Me, they, yes. us, them, all. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. I always hope so. That's why I say it. That is why I say it. Um, I think we are very excited. It's going to be quite a lot of stuff we have to talk <laughs> yes. about today. Playing a little catch-up. But... <laughs> a little bit. We, of course, sadly didn't have a show last week. It was 4th of July weekend. Yes. There were celebrations going on. Not necessarily from my end, but, you know, <laughs> from your end. There was celebrations going on and trips going on yes, and things like yes. that. So, uh, unfortunately... I mean, I, I, we'll get right into it now, and we, I won't ask the question yet, because I don't really think this first thing that we want to say is really part of a, a, a what's up. It's almost a what will be yes. soon, um, <laughs> if, if you could give it any sort of title like that. But we wanted to make this announcement, or we assumed that this show that we're doing today would would have been the 50th episode. Yes, had we had Madness. a show last week. But... <laughs> had we had a show last week. Unfortunately, it is only the 49th episode <laughs> of Monday Madness, as you can see by the title, um, which would have made, I think, this particular exciting announcement um, a, a little bit more special. But there, 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 you, there you go. Special nonetheless. Go. Special nonetheless. Special nonetheless, <laughs> because... I'm going back to LA for the first time in five years since the summer of 2018. Yes. I'm going next week. One Yay. week today, as of the air date of this episode, I will be flying to LA and we will be seeing each other, Janine, in the flesh for the first <laughs> time in over four like, and a half three? years. Yes. The last time we saw each other, I think, was when I was visiting the UK in 2019, like February yes, 2019. Yes, February. February yes. 2019 yes. was the last time 
we actually saw each other personally. Uh, and this is very exciting, obviously. Now, we should say there will be exciting things to come on the channel itself, the It's a Wonderful oh, yes. Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe, ding your notification bells here for all the fun stuff that will be coming uh, to here, some of which will be uh, based around our little coming together that we're going yes, to be having. I think, I think we plan on taking full opportunity of actually being in the same place at the same time. Yes, uh, a very to, rare to thing create, that happens, yeah, really. Create some content for you guys, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> yes, it's going to be exciting. If you are not watching this week's episode of Monday Madness, um, and you are listening on, on whatever podcast platform you may be listening on, go on over to YouTube, go to the It's a Wonderful Podcast channel, subscribe, ding your notification bells if you haven't already, of course. Um, for all those fun things we, we have coming up, it's very, very exciting. I'm not saying it's going to be ram-packed full of things, but there will be some exciting-looking we'll videos coming. Yes. from that particular trip uh, and i for one am massively excited um obviously i spent the whole summer of 2018 or two months of it in uh, in 2018 in la um you were there for a lot of that time janine yes. you know, coming around hanging out and all that kind of stuff we will be back oh i will be back i should say I will be back over there. It's very exciting for me. I haven't been to the US since 2018, yeah. actually. Um, so it's, it's it's extra specially exciting. Yay. There's there's a lot of friends, things involved, and, and and things like this. Just from a personal point of view, I yes. uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it enormously. And of course, seeing you, not that we don't see each other, you know, 400 times every week anyway, yeah. thanks to doing these shows and sorting out these shows and talking to each other pretty much every single day. It's not exactly like it's going to be a friends catching up time for us, is it? No, no, not, not at all. <laughs> Because we're pretty well versed on what on what each other's What's going doing. on. Yes, we talk daily. We do these three <laughs> shows together. So I think, yeah, it won't be a, hey, how have you been type no, situation. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, but very, very exciting nonetheless. Now, I will ask the question. Let's get straight on into it because we do have an awful lot of craziness yes. and news and trailers to get into today. So, Janine. Uh, we have quite a few things up today, Morgan. Um, we usually typically go into some new trailers that have come out. So we have a couple yes. of those to discuss. Uh, we can start talking about the Nun 2 trailer. Um, for me, this was um, kind of a test for me because I, while I do enjoy the concept of the Conjuring universe, I've seen, I think, the first two Conjuring films and uh, the first Annabelle movie. That's kind of all I've seen of this universe. So um, with this trailer, I kind of went into it with the idea if this trailer kind of gets me excited to go back and watch those other ones i definitely think that's something i'm going to do and revisit this whole kind of universe of films and i thought it was pretty fun like scary looking trailer so i think i might actually go back and and revisit uh the universe and and so that i'll be prepared to check out this new uh nun 2 movie 
I think that's a good sign. I think that's probably yeah. what the trailer kind of wanted, you know, as a reaction from some people. I am in a similar boat to you, really. I I think I, I love the fact that the Conjuring universe exists. Yeah. And I enjoy that, that we have a really kind of steady and successful and popular horror series, you know, horror yeah. universe, horror mm -hmm. franchise at that. Um that people continually really do like, even though the movies themselves might not be the most lauded movies. And I think the first non-movie, I didn't see the first non-movie, yeah. but I think that first non-movie, I think it did really well, but like wasn't critically loved or anything like that. Um, it kind of reminds me in a weird way to what the first Annabelle movie was. The Annabelle, first Annabelle movie yeah. is not great. No. The second Annabelle movie, Annabelle Creation, is really a yeah. That's what I heard. Up. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, and I, you know, maybe we're in for a situation where this second nun movie does something similar. Yeah. Um, to 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 what that did, and ends up being a little bit of a step up in that way because you know we we've got what eight nine ish movies in yeah, this conjuring in the universe. universe mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, Three main conjuring movies, three, three conjuring, Annabelle three Annabelle's, La Llorona, and The Nun. So then the second one will be, I think, like the ninth movie. Um, yeah. In, in the it's and then, and then I think there's a fourth. There's a fourth conjuring movie in in development. And, yes, as well, as far yeah. as I'm aware. So it's you know it's not going anywhere, and that's because there are profitable series. Yeah, they're always profitable movies. Mm -hmm. They do well. Yeah, they are popular. This just isn't my vein of horror. I'm more of kind of a slashers type person. So the possession kind of um, supernatural horror is not really my, you know, most favorite uh, subgenre of horror. So that's why I think I haven't been completely connected to those movies. But like you said, like I'm very much a, a fan of the idea of having this really cool connective um horror universe uh so yeah, yeah this trailer looks like fun it looks creepy scary lots of cool visuals um kind of i guess more going into the story of the nun and and their origins and things like that so um yeah i think i would i might actually go back and and revisit the rest of those conjuring universe films i missed so that i can yeah actually go see this in theaters so and and Taysa Farmiga is our lead in this movie yes. as well. So, you know, yeah. keep it in the Farmiga family. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a really fun Why not bit of casting. That? Yeah, with that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's even it's even nicer on that front. It makes it feel like out of, out of just being the movies themselves. Like, I think when movie universes, movie series can do fun real world stuff as well like have yeah. the sister of your really famous main protagonist play a character in a later yes, on it, movie and that kind of yeah stuff. yeah it, it's 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 doubly fun in that way i think that that'll obviously excite people i think it'd probably excite people because really i think the nun didn't the nun have something personal with Lorraine Warren. Yes, because I think the it was a painting. Yeah, movie. it was like like a painting that she had made or uh that Patrick Wilson had painted, I think. And like yeah. kind of the presence of the nun was something that actually played into the events of that second conjuring movie. Um yeah. like like her spirit was kind of behind what was kind of happening. So 
um, yeah, they actually had a pretty solid kind of through line and setup with the nun in that second Conjuring movie leading into these. So um, there is some kind of connection with Lorraine and that character. Um, and I had seen a teaser trailer for this that was actually kind of pretty scary. So getting to see the full on trailer, I mean, a lot of really interesting visuals like the um, um, the magazines. I thought that was a really cool shot. Of, yeah. Of, all of them kind of making the shape of the nun. And um, I think you, you you always tend to get that sort of stuff with yeah. these Conjuring style movies. And like you said before, I don't think they're my favorite style of horror. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I there are some possession movies and, and, you know, supernatural movies that I really, really do like. I just don't necessarily think that kind of 2010s style of that iteration of them. version yeah. of horror is my favorite. But you can't dispute the popularity and success yeah. of The Conjuring movies. They've been going for over 10 years now. Yeah. And aren't stopping anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so I hope I hope it does well, and I hope it's a, a a better movie than the you know the first nun was was supposed to be. Like I said, yeah, because I heard the first one it. wasn't well uh, wasn't well received. I think La Llorona fits in the universe as well. That was not um, uh, well received either. But I mean, these movies they make them for fairly low budget, so they can yeah. easily they can kind of do whatever and recoup their their um investment in those movies so just a really That's smart yeah a really smart kind of business model with with bloomhouse so yeah um, you can't yeah. Fault, yeah you cannot fault bloomhouse and you cannot fault the conjuring universe from a successful point of view the nun yes. two are you excited for the nun two do let us know we do have this other trailer though which is of course uh bob marley one love yeah a a biopic of it doesn't seem like it's Bob Marley's entire life. It seems like it's a particular period in his life. Yeah, when he's um, suffered a, an assassination attempt and yes. went back to Jamaica to put to on do a this concert. Yes, and probably just kind of getting into um, a lot of his um, messaging and his music, um, and yeah. that will be kind of the focus. Um, of what this story is going to tell i think i prefer biopics like this i think i always prefer you know kind of bit part biopics rather than yeah. let's tell the story of somebody's entire life, in life. Space yeah. in two hours ten minutes like, yeah no let's tell one particular thematic story that is encapsulated in this person's life by really kind of one series of events yeah i think those ones work better things like my week with marilyn or spencer um you know just taking yeah. taking a look at a, a small chunk of period of time because like something like elvis that was spanning his whole life and so kind of was just overblown and a lot going on and uh, so much to follow and um so much that you know kind of could fall in the in the cracks of glaring uh, inaccuracies and things like that but if you focus on yeah. one specific time i think you're getting a more accurate portrayal you're getting to be more character focused um really seeing them at a certain point of time in their life getting to to see behind the scenes of a time period where we were maybe most familiar with them, but us getting a more inside look at what was going on with them internally or, you know, things that maybe we didn't see, you know, 
at the time, but it was a time where we as fans knew the person really well or saw a lot of them. Um, so I think yeah. it's, it's a it's a great kind of thing to to focus on a specific time period when you're doing a biopic instead of a whole life story it can get all kind of over bloated, I think. So, yeah, I like that they're focusing on this one period of time. You know, the um, I think he was one of those great musical figures who could entertain but also educate you know you have like your bob dylan and yeah and, i mean ridiculously you know. sorry if, yeah. if you want a if you want a, a like a ridiculously famous musician who is equal parts known for their political messaging look no yeah. further than bob than marley, bob marley. yes all about the just chill out and love each other kind of attitude Energy. isn't it yeah and stop fighting for god's sake it is all about that sort of stuff one yes. love that's what it's all about yeah you know, and i love big the deal and, and it's a great chunk of messaging that we really need right now in this country and i like that his son is involved in the creation of this movie so we're getting like you know a respectful depiction Ziggy Yes, I do believe he's Ziggy involved. Is involved? Is he okay? <laughs> yes, I do believe he's involved in in kind of um, behind the scenes aspects of the movie. So, well, there you yeah. well, That's that's. I think that's enjoyable as well. That that shows that it's not going to be exploitative. I don't think we we wouldn't want it to be something yeah. like that. I think it would be a little bit unfortunate, be drastically unfortunate to somebody like Bob Marley if you did have a biopic that, that was in that vein. Um, Kingsley Benadier is going to be playing yeah. Bob Marley as well in this movie. I mean, he's doing pretty intense work on Secret Invasion at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit unusual, I think, to see him pull off a, you know, obviously, or at least a, the, the facade of relaxation that Bob Marley and the accent and everything yes because it's like well because he's british so (laughs) yes and i mean i don't even know if he's ethnically jamaican you know i don't know i don't even know if he has any familiarity with that um because yeah i mean the only things i've seen him in he's playing characters with a bit of intensity obviously you know secret invasion and playing malcolm x so now yeah. getting him to see this chilled out kind of personality um will be interesting i think if he does it well it'll just be an ex- it'll just be a um you know a showcase of range which is yeah. is kind of what you what you what you want from yeah. actors really isn't it a lot yes. of the time i I've always kind of liked Bob Marley, you know, as far as, from not from a distance, I suppose that would be wrong of me to say. There are a good selection of Bob Marley songs that I tend to enjoy. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm like the biggest reggae fan in the world or anything like that. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's true. But you can't dispute the, the influence he had, the quality of a lot yeah. of those, you know, more notable songs. Um, the the passion they were sung with, mm-hmm. the emotion they were sung with. You know, you think of there's a particularly wonderful live version of No Woman No Cry, which is just beautiful to listen to. Yeah. Um. So I hope we get some good performances in this movie as well. Yes. I, I, yeah. I think we will. I like the look of it. 
yeah. um, and I like the more focused kind of feel of it yeah. as well, rather than this era spanning, spanning, yeah, biopic. lifetime, yeah, yeah. No, it looks yeah. good. I'm excited to see it. Yes, definitely. Well, what <laughs> what else did we want to talk about now? Should we talk about this uh, <laughs> recent bit of? Let's bring a certain superhero back for a new superhero movie. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was actually pretty excited about this news. And I think it's leading people to kind of theorize the potential plot line of this new Deadpool movie. So it was recently announced that uh, Jennifer Garner's Electra will be appearing in uh, this new Deadpool movie. And people are really excited. And people may be speculating that um it could be leading to a deadpool comic storyline where deadpool kills the x-men um so it might be a comedic version of that where he kills the fox x-men universe because it's been this kind of wishy-washy mishmash of good and bad films and messy plot points and and are you bad attempts of the all... phoenix saga and <laughs> are you suggesting that all this big hype about hugh jackman getting wolverine again not that by the way I'm even in love with that happening because Logan was such a perfect send-off for him yes, as Wolverine and so then good. to seemingly just say, oh, come back for this. I hope I hope I just hope it's a stupid role and not taken seriously. I, I, of course it will be a stupid role. It's Deadpool. Well, yeah, I mean Halle Berry was teasing. She has like the you know the the white hair and, and kind of been teasing things that she might really? be in it. So so that's what's leading people to believe. And now with this Electra thing. Um, and they actually is did a movie Affleck's together. Is Affleck's Daredevil going to be there as well? Is I Nick mean, Cage I and Ghost Rider <laughs> going to be there as well? I mean, that would be really, really fun. I would love that because you know me. Are they going to get Chris Evans to come back into the MCU as, but as, as, as Johnny, Johnny Storm? Storm. <laughs> like, what's I mean, going I on here? Know, because this was like, I love this era. I low-key love this era of superhero movies because they weren't great, but it was just like, you felt the excitement of them actually attempting to bring these these comic book characters to life and so it was very exciting um despite the quality so i love a lot of those movies i actually really love daredevil i wanted to love electra but it just was not a very <laughs> well-crafted movie um but i like this trend of bringing these not particularly renowned superhero movies superhero casting back for whether it's legitimate feeling cameos or what Just for a bit of fun we kind of hope this is going to be this you know jennifer garner's electra in deadpool 3 going to be it's going to be more of a okay let's kill that off probably literally with deadpool lightly slashing these people in half and then saying yeah. Haha, you're dead now it's my turn <laughs> Like yes that. i think what harm does that do because these movies obviously had their era of not being seen as as particularly good so if you can at least reinvigorate it and have these actors really have fun with these characters that you think maybe they hated doing or were embarrassed by and them actually kind of having fun embracing it in that deadpool vein of really self-referential nonsense i think it could be so much fun and such a huge thing for you know putting some love on this era of what superhero movies started as because we wouldn't have yeah. what we have today without those 
movies like your daredevils and your fantastic fours and and things like that so i just hope that they are doing them now and yes okay i think i think it will be given the fact it's in you know the deadpool movie it will be treated comedically with with silliness and and maybe as just a let's hype this up just for them to be have like one second of screen time and to be immediately killed by deadpool (laughs) which i think would be funny and i think it genuinely would be hilarious if that is what happens with wolverine by the way i think it'd be i think it'd annoy so many people and that's why i think it'd be funny um but you are not going to do this kind of thing better than it was done in spider-man no way home i don't think i I don't think you that is the absolute well i mean we got a little bit perfect way of doing something (laughs) like that and we got a little bit of that which was a mishmash of all these different kinds of things in doctor strange and multiverse of madness yes we did we we get the casting the, the kept casting from a show that didn't do very well in the, in the, I, in the Marvel I, I do universe. forget. We I, get... you know what? I did block out that uh, Patrick Stewart was in Multiverse yes. of Madness. I completely well... blocked that out. <laughs> um, but even like the uh, the Inhuman show and keeping that ca- casting of Anson Mount yeah. as that character um, and in his kind of more familiar comic accurate costume, we get professor x but it's it's this combination of the animated series and the movie so he's in the same wheelchair he's wearing the same green suit as the character from the animated series but you even hear the music cue from the animated series but it's the actor who played him in the movie so we get this weird mishmash all of all for them to be killed you know mind you we get this fan casting of uh john krasinski as your mr fantastic um, so it was a really fun thing. You see these, all these characters get completely just killed, but it was just a fun little bit of like wink to the camera type moment. So. Yeah. And I have I mean... to say, I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it in Multiverse of Madness. So I hope that, yes, that is the kind of attitude that is taken. Yeah. With it. I think I didn't, what people I were saying. Mind. I think what people were saying fairly recently about all that they tried doing in the flash and certainly what you were saying i mean go and watch your you know big (laughs) detailed conversation you had on the flash on the channel um all the people that were cameoed or cg cameoed or all these kind of stupid things in the flash yeah it just felt so like why what is the point why are you doing this but i think i have to de-sour my mind into the fact that the way they've actually been done in the mcu stuff has actually either been really really meaningfully a la no way home or hilariously kind of oh you're here how exciting bang dead yes and it's again and it's again i like the idea of these actors really coming back and having fun with with the idea of these iterations of the characters even you know peggy carter being uh the captain america and um, yeah 
Lashana Captain Lynch being Captain. Yeah. <laughs> give give her British flag credit. She is not Captain America. She is Captain <laughs> Captain, Mon- of, Captain of Yes, Captain Carter. Yes, sorry. Sorry, apologies. Britain. Um <laughs> yes. Maria Rambo. The most patriotic you'll ever see me. <laughs> Maria Rambo being that version of, yes. you know, Spectrum. Um yes. so so yeah, I like the actors kind of having fun with that, going into this, knowing they're gonna be killed, but knowing the excitement that it's gonna mean for fans seeing these iterations to these characters in this kind of other universal kind of situation. Um so I like the idea of that, even with the Spider-Man coming back. I mean, they got a lot of shit for some things. You know, Toby Maguire obviously ended his franchise on not the best note. Um people did not like Andrew Garfield's films. He did not Andrew Garfield also did not end his on a very, you know, no positive note. But the fact that they can still have love for these characters they played in and know the excitement that that's going to bring to fans and come back and do it. Um, it's fun for me as a fan to see the actors, you know, take something that could be seen as a negative on their career or an embarrassment on their career and kind of reverse it and make it a beloved, fun, exciting thing for fans again, um, I think is really cool as well. So if a lot of these actors come back, because even in uh, Days of Future Past, when it was like the all of these actors yeah. from the first X-Men field come back just for a brief nothing scene, that was like my favorite part of the movie, seeing the X seeing, seeing everybody come back was just so exciting for me. Even you know, Famka and the small bit she had in that movie, tiny bit. James Marsden, seeing just seeing them again and seeing that they, you know, despite how tiny a role it was, it was very significant and meant something to fans. So I love that no matter what's gonna happen to these characters, whether they were embarrassing in their time or embarrassing for the actor at the time and they didn't get a lot of love for it in the moment that they still would have the kind of nerve and guts and and love for the fans to come back and do it to, no matter what the context i think is just a really cool thing so i'm excited yeah. <laughs> that's a fair, fair fair point a fair yes. point there <laughs> and perhaps it will turn into uh deadpool Killing off all the, the alternative and, and the fact that it would be that it would be him killing off the Fox X Men, considering that was such a contentious thing that Fox itself is kind of dead, <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. I think. I mean, is, this, is this just be, does thing. this beg the question? Does this beg the question whether they would actually bring back the people from those Fantastic Four movies? I mean, that were Fox movies, right? Yes. They were Fox movies. Fantastic Four was Fox. Daredevil was Fox. And um, and Elektra uh, was Fox. Elektra. And, and yeah, that was Fox as well. And the X-Men's obviously were yeah. Fox as well. Yeah. So what if what if in a strange way, no, no, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. What if they bring everybody back and then you literally just have one scene of Wade Wilson just going, Slash dead, slash dead, slash dead, just constantly through, and it'd be super violent. It'd be super horrible, like that multiverse of madness scene. But he's just gleefully kind of going, "Ah, yes. not you, not you anymore, <laughs> no, not you anymore, you didn't not make the you cut. either, not you yes. either." But it would just be this very cool self-referential thing, not just of a comic book, but of the the studio itself and the yeah. superhero movies that they produced and an, a, that era of comic book movies as well. It would be killing all of that kind of as a 
fresh start moving forward now kind of but it would have to be treated it would have to be treated comedically and not in like a we are erasing these movies because we don't want that no those we movies just are very special <laughs> yes yes even the bad just ones just treat it as a joke just treat yes. it as a joke yeah um so yeah maybe maybe i'll have to <laughs> wallow on the the idea of this a bit more and yes. perhaps when we get and more clarity on deadpool 3 yeah. i will become more into and there are actually some of these be. movies mentioned here that you have not seen and we did our kind of fringe oh, yeah. dc series on morgan hasn't seen so we have discussed doing a fringe marvel as well so we actually may yeah, be well, seeing daredevil and electra on that <laughs> on possibly. that uh, playlist for Poss an upcoming possibly. morgan hasn't seen series so that'll be exciting i feel like was it was it that there was that there were just enough fringe marvel movies that i hadn't seen yeah we I... didn't have to we didn't have to go into like the really tragically bad like early 90s and 80s captain america and, and yeah i think we were we, we, we had enough i think we had ghost rider we had the electra and and the daredevil movies trying to think what else i know you've seen blade i know you've seen the fantastic four it was fan stick it was fan, fan four stick, stick. yes <laughs> and you but haven't seen have. you haven't seen the seen second have you i don't think you've seen the second fantastic four movie right uh, i certainly have rides of the silver okay. surfer yes oh okay 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 <laughs> just checking actually thank you okay all right so yes we had fan four stick we had ghost rider those two movies i don't even think i've seen the second ghost rider actually that's a series right there that is a <laughs> yes. series right there yes that's good enough yes, for a so, series so yes definitely something we need to do before this uh deadpool movie comes out for sure <laughs> good idea keep it put it in write it in the ideas pool yes there it is with all the other thousand other things we've got in the ideas pool yes um but yeah electra in Deadpool 3, Jennifer Garner. So fun. So She's fun. back. She's yeah. back. Um, what, I mean, what do we want to talk about next? Perhaps we will leave our review for, or your solo review, I suppose, of, of yes, your ride to UK, coincide with. UK release schedules constantly ruin things. Like, yeah, they do. Have me doing solo reviews. Um, I'm more likely to go and see Joyride when I'm in LA than i am here because <laughs> yeah. i can just go and see it when i'm there and i would have to wait even another week when i get back i think yeah. to to actually see joyride um so maybe we'll leave that review to kind of coincide with our other review that we have today of course and what about <laughs> this little fun thing you wanted to bring up Ginny, I, mean, have I know down in front of me <laughs> i mean i know we don't normally get into celebrity gossip type situations but we here love ourselves some kiki palmer and this is just yeah. like a big debate that's been growing i think there's not too many people on one side of the debate i think there's more people on the on the side backing our beloved kiki palmer she has kind of you know she's always been around she's always been hustling working hard i've always had so much respect for her as a beautiful dark-skinned black actress out there doing everything singing acting hosting you know she created her the, own what was the network. show she was in what was the like Disney, Disney Disney Channel show she was in? Um, Jackson VP, True Jackson. True Jackson VP. <laughs> yes, I remember yes. that. Yes. Um. So yeah, she's constantly been around, but like I think she's been more in people's um 
you know, lexicon now just kind of people finally seeing her and crediting her for the amazing person she's she's just funny she's you know i think nope really you know re kind of introduced her to people who maybe haven't really been focused on her as of late and people have just fallen in love with her because she's just so chill she's so funny she's smart she's beautiful she has so much confidence so recently you know she had just she's just had her baby i think her baby's about four months old now with her longtime boyfriend and she went to an Usher concert. Usher does this thing in his concerts where he'll go and he'll serenade somebody. He's done it to so many celebrities who have visited his show. I think Zendaya and Tom Holland were at his show and he did like a little serenade for Zendaya. Um, he did it to Issa Rae. So it's just a thing he does. If he knows like one of his celebrity friends are in, he'll definitely go. But he's done it to like random people as well. Like that's just part of his show. Um, I bet Zendaya was- didn't take him on though. You know what Zendaya is like? <laughs> Zendaya's like, do not touch me. I'm with Tom. <laughs> yes. She's like so that with I everybody. I you get all remember. these videos of like, don't get it. Don't. She elbows don't touch people her. out of the way. Yeah, she tries Only to be really. Tom Holland is allowed to touch Zendaya. Yes. So I, I don't remember. I, I want to say, you know, he kind of serenaded her, but I don't remember. Um, also, but I, I've seen. I forgot Usher existed. <laughs> what? That's terrible. <laughs> Um, no, Where's he's he been show, for like 15 I think years. He's, I, he think he, he, I think he actually has like a, a it's his show is a Vegas residency type thing. Like he oh, roller skates okay. and does it. Like his show is very popular. So um, Barry Manilow now. <laughs> Vegas <coughs> residencies are not Barry seen Manilow. as like, you know, we've had Celine Dion, Britney Spears, J Lo, like Sinatra. huge Mariah Carey, huge names do Vegas residency <laughs> okay well, we'll get into modern times more sammy <laughs> davis jr <laughs> how old are you anyway <laughs> so it's a thing that usher does in his shows he goes and he kind of serenades somebody and so kiki was in vegas with her girlfriends having a great time she's wearing like this cute bodysuit with a sheer dress over top she had you know some areas showing you know looking good areas. like it's, mm-hmm. yes it's been a whole thing with her that she's really loved her post baby body and has been really confident about it. So she was at the show with her girlfriends. Usher is serenading her. The video kind of went viral of him singing to her and all this. And her boyfriend proceeds to quote tweet the video saying, it's the outfit for me though. You a mom. And so people were like, what excuse me so people kind of were giving him the benefit of the doubt uh trying to like oh maybe he's just joking but then he doubled down and like came out with this whole statement <laughs> which said Boy, you the following statement yes <laughs> we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother to his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others booty cheeks. and he gets told how much of a hater he is this is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. <laughs> I have questions. Okay. My first question is <laughs> if Kiki Palmer wants to allow her, as he so pleasantly put it, booty cheeks <laughs> to um sway in the sway in the wind, I was gonna say then. That's what that's what booty cheeks do, isn't it? 
sway in the wind. Sway in the wind like leaves on a tree. Um, <laughs> if Kiki Palmer wants to do that, why shouldn't she be allowed to do that? Exactly. So that and was also, the whole debate. Why is it, what's the problem, dude? Relax. It, exactly. So <laughs> I think the majority of people are on Kiki's side, but I've actually seen a couple people, like this girl, she made a video talking about why is this man telling Kiki what she can and can't wear. Then she made a follow-up video. She's like, oh, I spoke too soon. Once, you know, she turned around and I saw the back of her dress. Now I kind of agree with the boyfriend and think that's so disrespectful. I, you know, my husband would never let me wear anything like that. And how dare she wear that? You know, she's got a boyfriend. She's got a baby, blah, 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 whatever. So there is a debate out there of people kind of agreeing with the boyfriend and saying that's disrespectful to him. And him even posting that, of course, got a bunch of guys siding with him shaming kiki for what she wore and things like that as well which is so inappropriate and so wrong so i like i understand having you know morals and and wanting you know to craft a nice family image and all that kind of stuff perfectly reasonable perfectly reasonable desire but like do that as your family like this is still you know you're not you're not now one entity you know you're still two yeah. people you can go off and do whatever you exactly want and he's over here saying wife and mother of his child she's not his wife he did not put a ring on that finger <laughs> sir well, that's irrelevant and people... i still think that's irrelevant because we, we shouldn't be controlling people should we this is the thing exactly it's married fi- or not it's fine <laughs> to have morals like we can have I, I, I don't mind that look i'm somebody that doesn't like showing a lot of my own i don't like wearing shorts you know and things like that i don't yeah. like showing off my own bodily features a great yeah. deal um so perhaps you could say i like to cover up or, or whatever yeah. you want to say but that's like that's mine it's not somebody else telling me to do it it's my yeah. own decision like she's not she's not going up going you know fondling anybody no you know anything no. like this she's she's at a she's she's going to a, a a concert that she wants to go to she's having a good time at the concert it's not her fault if everybody's looking at her going oh isn't kiki palmer very attractive it's, it's not anybody's fault yeah is it? that's irrelevant to her and she was just having a good time and so the fact that he and then people kind of have pulled up like old posts from him where he actually posted oh, a, a picture weirdo, sitting on his bed, shirtless, in his like boxer briefs, talking about dad bod. So how is that not? You're a father, sir. How dare you put your <laughs> picture of yourself in your Husband underwear? You know how is that representation, rep, good res- representation as a father, posting pictures of yourself in your underwear? So like people have been, you know, pulling up receipts and all of that, and. Miss Kiki herself has seemed very unbothered with her very subtle reactions to things. Right after kind of all this happened and he said what he said, she posts a series of pictures in that outfit saying, I wish I could have posted more pictures, but I just didn't have time. (laughs) And then she does a video kind of dancing, talking with the audio about, you know, you're not going to tell me what to do kind of energy. And then she also posts a video of her with her baby singing Stevie Wonder's Isn't He Lovely? And uh, basically 
her caption talks about, you know, I'm a mother and, you know, becoming a mother has made me the most confident I've ever been. And then she proceeds to show that she's selling merch saying, you know, mother on mother on, on like a sweatshirt oh, and then another. An yes. And then another shirt that says Stevie, Stevie. I think it's like Stevie to the, to the bullshit. So like blind to the bullshit. <laughs> Cause she was singing oh, a Stevie God. wonder song. So yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, she, she's old and old, people have said that they've unfollowed each other on socials. And also somebody like, I guess he DM'd some girl talking about flying her out. And the girl shared like the DM saying, not not Kiki's baby daddy in my DMs right now. So immediately oh, after God. they've potentially broken up, he's already like in somebody's DMs trying to fly them out. So with whose oh, money? Dear. With whose money, sir? <laughs> like, well, it's uh, not a nice. It's yeah. not a nice way of uh, potentially splitting or anything like that. Really? Yes. yes. We don't wish this on people. We don't. No, want I mean this to they're they're four months into being parents together, and so then to kind of really have this man show these colors of not respecting her and and kind of shaming her, and even if that's how he felt, why would you? decide to say that on social media on twitter well, that is you a know, good point that is she a conversation to have with her yeah. privately so yes, i, I think, think the public so. kind of you know and that invited other men to shame her as well so yes we yeah, don't like that i think that's the biggest thing as well so much love to kiki palmer you know you knew who this confident woman was when you got with her nothing was going to change after she had a baby she was still going to be the same person and if not even a more confident than she was and um, so yeah, I, I just like I, I I just my favorite part of all this is learning that Usher has just become the new Barry Manilow. Stop that! <laughs> Don't you <laughs> Vegas residency is that all he can do these days? There was one time when Usher was very good and popular. Vegas residencies are not what they used to be. You're kind of talking about Vegas residencies, mm -hmm. like celebrities used to talk about, like movie actors used to talk about doing TV. I am, yes, I am and, and, exactly talking about <laughs> like that, yes. Yes, and now Oscar-winning actors are doing TV shows. So definitely kind of an evolution in terms of what those things were used to be and are, so. Okay, fair enough, Usher, <laughs> good for you, making you know. Yeah, and then he even okay. decided to, like, tweet, am I trending? Smiling <laughs> For the first time since what? 2010. You were really coming for his throat. Like, um, but yes, and then all obviously there's kind of the jokes of like, who is you, sir? Nobody knew your name until this happened. Like, what do you do? Why you're sitting on Kiki Palmer's internet talking about Kiki Palmer on a phone that Kiki Palmer probably paid for? Because what do you do, sir? I saw somebody was like, so Kiki Palmer's employee got on the internet. Because <laughs> I think he actually like works on her, oh, like produces God. things for her network, Key TV. So, oh, okay. Yes. This and is a the, whole situation. Like, yes, he is the brother of an actor who was on Insecure. Like that's all, the only connection okay. I can make of him. So, 
Yes, it's a whole thing, but I just wanted to talk about it because there was a bit of a debate happening. Some people Weird. siding with this guy, majority people siding with Kiki and wanted to get your kind of thoughts on like, how do you feel about, you know, a woman's role and what she should wear? And if, you know, you saw any kind of understanding in this guy's perspective or yes. <laughs> well, people just do whatever they want. You've just got to trust if you are in a parental relationship, not that I'm in a parental relationship, obviously, but I just think you have to trust each other, let each other be themselves individually. Yeah. But at least for the love of God, trust each other to not, you know, do anything untoward. Like, what's the difference between doing that or going to the beach and wearing a bikini? Exactly. You know, there's no there's no visual difference, is there? So, yeah. I don't suppose that would be a problem for him. So, yeah. I don't really I don't really get it. I don't really get why we shouldn't be trying to control people. That's my take on it. Yeah. Whoever we are. Like, we sh it shouldn't be going the other way if this was the other direction as well. And he was parading around wearing next to nothing and she was coming for him. And it would be like, you are a father, do not parade around yes. yourself. It would be the exact same situation of just like, well, let's what's, what's the man doing wrong? Yeah. Not doing anything wrong. Let him do what he wants. Let him wear what he wants. No harm caused. Yes. It's the exact same situation. Let's just not try and control each other. Yes. Agreed. So, yes, just, just the hot goss right now. And oh, I wanted yes. To, you know, yes. discuss. So. <laughs> well, um, we did have one more little news piece, I think, we, we did want to talk yes, about. Yes, that we have missed um, kind of talking about. We did, we did miss it. We talked about some of the rumours based around the casting yeah. for James Gunn's Superman leg legacy. It has been confirmed in the last couple of weeks that David Sweat is going to be our new Superman. I think visually, from what we spoke about that last time we talked about those yeah. rumours, I think he was probably visually the best one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I saw. Double Toasted's reaction to the news, which was really funny. They were like, this dude looks exactly like Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill's like Don't. looking at this casting like, they fired me to hire me. <laughs> like, what the hell? He kind of does look like a younger Henry Cavill. He really does. Yeah. Um, but I think like we said last time, I think the only thing a lot of people really know him from is Pearl, Pearl, unfortunately, still I haven't seen Pearl, which deeply does annoy me. I'm still waiting to even buy those movies because I'm waiting for the inevitable lovely trilogy box set. Yes, yeah. Um, I'll watch Pearl at some point. Don't I'll watch Pearl before Maxine. Don't worry about that. Okay. Okay. Don't worry about that. I'm very excited for it. Maybe. To finally watch it. Sometimes you know you just miss things. But the point is, that's what a lot of people knew him from, or know him from. So I, I am unfamiliar with him, which I'm really happy with. I'm really happy that it's somebody yeah. we don't really know that and well. And I think that is kind of the legacy of of Superman casting generally. A little bit, yeah. It is. Which is good. It's good that it's like that. Um, 
because it is such an obviously it's such a big role and it's yeah. really you know i'm sure david corrence will go on to have a, a good solid career but he will now always be remembered for being a superman um and and that's a big big deal to have pretty early on in your life and pretty early on in your career um so you know i i, I hope he's wonderful in that role um and i hope that movie is as wonderful as it deserves to be and and every one of us you know deserve it to be yes well um, we also are more familiar with the casting of lois lane because we are fans oh, of marvelous Maisel. so i'm excited yes, Rachel to see Brosnahan. yes i mean she's very known as that character to be you know kind of quick-witted and fast talking which feels a lot like um lois so but you know um, what it feel like though and maybe this is just me only knowing Rachel Brosnahan from, from Mrs. Mason, which is obviously yeah. a 50s set show. Yeah. Does it not just feel like Lois Weird Lane seeing her. <laughs> yes. It'll be weird seeing her as like a modern day person. <laughs> it will. It yeah. will. But if she can bring that same energy, that determined kind of no holds barred, yet really feminine energy that... that Mrs. Maisel has that Midge Maisel has to yeah. Lois Lane. That's perfect, Lois Lane, because Lois Lane's a powerhouse determined force. Yes. Uh, of an investigative journalist that I don't think Amy Adams ever got a chance to really shine as Lois. Yeah. I mean, she had those moments of kind of ignoring authority and doing her own thing, but we didn't really get to, to, develop that hard nosedness as much as i think yeah. we could have had we gotten a pure superman sequel which i i just sad for henry that he never got that that they just yeah. lumped him into this rushed universe immediately instead of giving him a fleshed out because man of steel was more of an origin movie so we didn't get that movie of him being clark kent and living that dual life yeah. and um he didn't get that opportunity the full opportunity like i would have felt better about the loss of his casting had i feel like he got to really delve into a pure iteration of that role getting to have his daily bugle life and um you know i feel like brandon daily ralph bugle. got <laughs> you're in the wrong oh, you're in the wrong sorry. universe <laughs> the daily planet daily planet um <laughs> daily planet um i think even brandon ralph got more of that that dual life experience Probably. than did. um so so that's my biggest kind of sadness for Henry Cavill that he just didn't get to like really do the full Superman thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we have faith that it will be yeah. in in this new Superman Legacy movie, though. Yes. I certainly think tonally, you know, David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan seem like they will be bring somewhat more levity to proceedings i think there'll be a certain level of humor not yeah. hilarious fun goofiness but humor as well as the genuinely good dramatic performance that you would want yes yes um, and obviously attractive people being attractive together is yes you can't fault so. that you can't <laughs> yes. you can't fault that i think we're happy about that and yes. i wish 
I wish that movie all the best. I really do. I can't yes, wait to see um, it. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this casting looks really good, so I'm excited. But with that, I also wanted to do with something that. a little bit with a little bit fun. We kind of started this thing after the whole uh, Al Pacino, young Al Pacino, young Robert De Niro, who's hotter debate, and kind of started doing like this weekly for a few shows, and then we stopped. So I thought, you know, this would be a good opportunity to maybe bring back that fun little debate back with two actors who were originally in the running for the 1979, 1978 Eight. super 1978 Superman movie. Um, so two actors who were actually offered the role but turned it down were uh robert redford and warren Beatty. <laughs> are you going to who's hotter so who's hotter <laughs> who's hotter young robert redford or young warren Beatty? <laughs> now if you ask me and we know how these things go i actually do have this does not come from morgan's standpoint for genuine physical arousal attractiveness as <laughs> that's not the way i roll perhaps unfortunately for some but fortunately for others however i have one very clear answer in this oh okay actually and it's robert redford like it has to be robert redford right <laughs> Okay. Does it why not is it... have to be Robert Redford? <laughs> okay, why is your answer so sure? Because from every possible source you get about Warren Beatty, he's a very arrogant man. <laughs> or at least he used to be. Okay, so like you you as a man, you know, you have more than attractiveness to base your opinion on. Because yeah. obviously you are not attracted to men. Well, you can one, appreciate men, but... <laughs> for one... Carly Simon's song "Your Soul Veins" about is about Warren Beatty. Yes. <laughs> so if you listen to that song at any point in your life, and you go, "Okay, he sounds like a piece of work." Yeah, that's <laughs> Warren Beatty. I mean, you can also blame Warren Beatty for why we didn't get uh, Annette Bening as Catwoman in Batman Returns <laughs> because he he impregnated her. <laughs> it, a lovely phrase. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, although you can't fault who we did get for as Catwoman, so I don't know what you're moaning yes. about that for. Yes, <laughs> Warren Bates. Warren Bates is very good at, but acting wise, both wonderful, wonderful actors. Tough to decide between the two of them, acting wise. To be honest with you, and and movie star wise, and physical and handsome as well. Filmmaking, yes, both good filmmakers in their own right. Physical handsomeness, very, very equal. I just believe Robert Redford is is actually a like a lovely person. He's literally behind the Sundance Film Festival. He loves movies. He loves movie history. He can pull off a mustache and a beard and other such facial hair. Can Warren Beatty? <laughs> I like your I like your your list of criteria because as as a man who is not attracted to men, I like that you can find other bases for 
finding something attractive about another man that's not physical. Like, yeah. That's very, very like, smart. Can, can Warren Beatty do all those things? <laughs> I mean, Warren Beatty, uh, a well-known womanizer before he, he ended up with Annette Benning. This is um, the issue I have with Warren <laughs> Beatty. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, Robert Redford, a man who did MCU films to appease his grandchildren. Like, I love Warren uh, uh, A wholesome, <laughs> right? lovely gentleman. Um... So, yeah, I kind of have to lean towards Robert as well. Because also, my my criteria is, do they still look pretty attractive now? Ha did they still do romantic roles where you found yourself attracted to them in later years? Both Your criteria is, would I get down with Robert now, in, in their <laughs> 70s and 80s. Um, like, um like, because I these men have both played romantic roles well into later years. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and and who still looks good now? Who I, still looks good now? Mm. I mean, when people were blaming the saying the wrong name at the Oscars on Warren Beatty because of his age. I kind of didn't it have... Warren Beatty's fault. <laughs> I am aware it's not his fault, but when people were saying that, I it wasn't hard to believe that that could have been a factor. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he looked very old on that stage, whereas seeing Robert Redford in the most recent of MCU films, he did not look like an old man to me like he looked old but he didn't look like like an old old person <laughs> you know what i mean and i you think know it's because i think it's because and it's probably i think robert red's hair helps this <laughs> the fact that he's always been fair-haired compared to warren Beatty's very dark hair yeah so, so it's the age warren Beatty's more gray prevalent. hair looks more obvious than robert yeah. redford's kind of half ginger gray hair yes so he he naturally looks old but i'm just saying on that think... stage he looked old to me in that movie robert redford didn't look like super old to me so yeah and that was all it that i mean it wasn't the same time but there's there's a few years difference yeah there. yeah i don't know i mean they must be very similar, similar ages age? as well i would they think must yeah. be yeah because you think what Bonnie and Clyde's 67, Butch and Sundance is 69. They're probably about the same Very age close. in those movies. Yeah. Yes. Ish, I guess. Let's Regardless. So Regardless, Robert I think. It's 86. Robert Redford's 86. Okay. Yes. Warren Beatty is oh, 86 as well. They are the same They're, age. Oh, perfect. <laughs> the same so, yes. I would. I, I would. Wins. Yes, I would say yes. Robert Redford, more attractive, but I mean, in in the younger days, yeah, yeah, even in younger days, I I would go more for Robert than Warren. Yeah, it comes down to the fact that Robert's not going to mess you around. <laughs> yes, or have somebody make a song about how vain you are. Um, so yes, Although I like your your personal your personality argument swayed me. You know, you know the lyrics of your soul vein. Um, you, you walked into the party like you were walking onto a yacht. Your hat strategically dipped below one eye 
your scarf, it was apricot. So apricot. Ooh. So he's wearing a hat that was dipped below an eye, but also an orange <laughs> scarf. Like, that's a lot going on. That's very peacock I know behavior. It was the early 70s. He was peacocking. Yeah. I understand it was the early 70s, <laughs> yeah. but you look, you're you coming look ridiculous. across like a stereotype here. Yes. Yes. Anyway. But then Robert Redford did say he didn't want to play Superman because he thought he was too famous. So. Well, they did cast n nobody at the time, Christopher Reeve, so it worked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he probably was too famous. I mean, he was enormous in the 70s. Yes. Robert and they uh, they uh, they offered him a ton of money and he said no. So, yeah. Another yeah. notch in his honorable belt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Who's hotter debate for this week? Who's hot, who do you think? Who are you swayed by? Are you you yes. a Robert or a Warren fan? Let if you're going know. by looks alone, who who is hotter? <laughs> or if you're not going by looks alone like me, and you're going by <laughs> overall person. Yes. As I think you should. When you when deciding on attractive people, go by overall person. Don't just go for the most physically attractive person because you know you might find them out to be horrible or boring. Fair. Or both. Looks aren't everything. Warren. Today's lesson. <laughs> Looks out everything. Today's lesson. Yeah. Um, well, reviews time, isn't it? It's reviews yes. time now. So <laughs> let, let's let's not actually officially call this our "Let's Talk" just yet, because you you did have a review of a movie that you did see this week that I'm not going to be able to see. So please, Janine, for the next few minutes, go yeah. ahead with your solo review. Yes, so I saw Joyride, the new kind of raunchy female-led Asian comedy. Um, really wanted to support this movie. It's very much in the vein of the blackening, no hard feelings, these smaller, um, you know, movies highlighting POC people, um, women. So I'm really excited that we're getting a lot of movies like this because, you know, a lot of people talk about this being a dead genre, even female led movies doing well being um, kind of an issue and not something that happens. So um, I was really excited to support this movie. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I always feel like these girl trip movies, if it makes me want to go on a girl's trip with my friends, then it's been successful. Um, you know, watching movies like Bridesmaids and uh, Girls Trip, those uh, movies like always make me want to just call my girlfriends and plan a trip or a get together or something like that, despite everything that goes wrong, you know, because by the end you kind of circle back and can laugh at things and and come together and, and have these ridiculous, crazy stories um, and even have fights and things happen um, and then kind of come back together and, and only with a stronger kind of friendship. And so uh, this movie definitely had that formula, but it worked. Um, I was worried that a lot of the jokes were going to be things that I saw in the trailer, but there were actually uh, some other things that weren't in there that were really funny. Um, the four actresses, I think, had great chemistry. They all had really distinct, fun personalities and different personality dynamics. Really things that are similar to kind of when you have friends from different facets of your life and you all come together. 
So it's like these yeah. two girls who you have your friend that you grew up with since childhood. Then you have your friend that you like met in school or college or from work or something. Then you have uh, your cousin who's a relative who's kind of hanging out with you <laughs> as a friend. So, <clears throat> and then when you have all of these kind of friendships from facets of your life coming together, it's going to be a weird mishmash of personalities and who's going to get along and not get along. Is there going to be some jealousy from one kind of set relationship in the group? So all of that plays into it. There's also a lot about, um, cause one of the girls, uh, Ashley Park's character, she is adopted, you know, she has white parents. So she, you know, has always been, uh, you know, in this weird place in her life, not really knowing who she was. Um, you know, she comes from, um, she knows that she was born in China. So she considers herself a Chinese person, but also she's very much, you know, people keep telling her how white she is, how she acts white. The music she likes is white. Her parents are white and she's just like them. So she really is dealing with this kind of crisis of not knowing where she belongs. Um, So she takes this trip to China for work, but um, her friend who is Chinese, grew up Chinese, um, knows how to speak the language, all of that very opposite from Ashley Park's character. she, I think her name is Sherry Cola. She's a comedian. Um, she is kind of trying to talk her into, well, maybe while we're here, we can go see your birth mother. It's something we always talked about since you were little. And she's very, Ashley Park is very hesitant to do any of that. So it's very much like somebody with kind of self-hatred or self-confusion having to mm-hmm. deal with that. So I like that they don't shy away from those things or that the comedy takes away from that or that the comedy um you know they have to kind of pick one or the other it's a really great balance of kind of the raunchy comedy aspects but also this real story of someone who's in this kind of mixed up place in terms of how they see themselves um and so there's a lot of heart i think the movies like this definitely need to have a lot of heart mixed in as well and it like no hard feelings did that really beautifully um so yeah this movie is a really good balance of kind of cultural um understanding of yourself and uh really (laughs) fun very much like the blackening in that there were a lot of kind of in jokes in asian culture that i think people can um you know people who maybe aren't of that culture can understand or get um so it wasn't too far removed from people who aren't of you know chinese or korean descent to understand but will mean more i think to people of those groups um very much like the blackening uh, so just a lot of fun, really great comedy aspects. Like the raunchy stuff, I think worked really well. The four actresses had really fun chemistry. Stephanie Shu was great. She's a college friend of Ashley Park, so she doesn't get along with the childhood best friend. They kind of oh, okay. hate each other. So there's that whole thing. Uh, she lives in in China. And she's an a-, a big actress, and people know her. She knows the culture very well. So it's like Ashley Park is kind of faced with the three other characters who can speak Chinese, who know the culture really well. And so she feels kind of like an outsider. So that adds to kind of her, her feelings as well. Um, And yeah, it's just really funny. Uh, Some really great bits in there. Um, Them, you know, it's a fun road trip movie. So overall I had a ton of fun with Joyride. Just great chemistry of the four actresses, great comedic raunchy moments, laughed a lot. And it also had a lot of great emotional heart and and good friendship stuff and good female stuff. And yeah, 
It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Safe to say that Joyride was a joy ride. Yes, it was. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm doubly excited to watch that movie now, I must say. That's, that's very, very positive thoughts on yes. Joyride there. We like that. Let's swiftly then move in to our Let's Talk for today, which is, of course, we've got to talk about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny <laughs> yes. because we missed talking about it last week. Let's get right on into it. No holds barred. All yes. the craziness that was in this movie. Um, we're going to end this, I think, by giving our quick rankings, I think, of all the yeah. Indiana Jones movies, which I think mine are fairly self-explanatory. I think a lot of people's probably are self-explanatory unless you have a really glaring kind of love or a glaring dislike of one particular movie for one reason or another, um, which you may very well do when it comes to Indiana Jones, to be fair. But that's not the point, because let's get into it, Janine. I suppose this is our full review, spoiler review, of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and all its craziness. I happen to think that, well... I would like to start, actually, by saying I've seen a lot of people whinge and moan about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Janina, yes. and the fact that it goes to a particularly strange place by the movie's end. To which I would respond with, well, people's faces melted off in the first one. Somebody's heart was ripped out in the second one of a live person. There was a thousand-year-old knight, knight. <laughs> who'd just been standing around guarding the Holy Grail in the third one. And there was aliens in the fourth one. So why all of a sudden is the weirdness in the fifth one wrong? Exactly. And the formula is the same as every other Indiana Jones movie. What did you expect to really what did be you different? Expect? I mean, yes, there are some different elements because he's older, but it's like... It opens the same. Like we have our big action set piece. We have our MacGuffin set up. We have Indy finding the MacGuffin. We have it getting taken away from him. We have him getting it back. We have him getting captured. Like that is the formula you have that literally happened. Adventure yes. with Indiana Jones. Exactly. I, I don't get you it. Literally had the same plot points of all of the films. So did you expect this movie to do something drastically different? Because I have the feeling if you did, you would hate that that it veered away from the familiar formula for the right. last movie. <laughs> like, yet, you had story-wise, plot-wise, the same kind of things going on, what you would expect in, in an Indiana Jones movie. Tonally, still felt like a pulpy archaeological mm -hmm. adventure. Thematically, felt like one last ride for a particularly kind of... <laughs> I suppose, down on his own self-worth hero. Because yeah. he's not hes not in love with himself in this movie. He's Indiana no. Jones. Is he? He's really down on himself. He's, you know, kind of retiring from his professor's yes, job. He's still dealing with the loss and... of his marriage and the loss of his son, yes. which I think was a really interesting way to tie in the events of Four, which is kind of a movie people always like to forget, which I rewatched Four. And, you know, not as bad as I think... It's it kind of is set up to no, I think all, all, 
I not think, as well, good as the, I think the others, but definitely not as bad as I think people have always made it feel over the years, you know. No, and I think the I think a lot of people's issue with four, at least looking back on it now, I think really the the more obvious issues with four, the fact that some of the effects look a bit iffy. Yeah. And you know, which which they never did in in the, in the no, because original we three movies, because everything yeah. was pra- everything was practical. Yeah. Um. And there's you know, the the alien aspect, which yes, okay, at that point was the weirdest thing that the Indiana yes. Jones movies had but, done. But, but if you look, not, at the... yeah, is not out of the realm of possibility for yeah. that particular genre of fiction, which yes. has crazy things happen all the way because you're 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 dealing with a series of movies a character a tone that is from pulp 30s comic books and things like that that would go to bizarre places and do yeah bizarre, and supernatural sci-fi elements were around in the 50s and yeah. things like that um and again like even though the alien aspect felt kind of crazy to what the franchise had been it's still think of the motivation of your villain your villain is always instead of respecting history wanting to use it for some personal gain and so that's what our villain did again in that fourth movie so um and that's what he's doing in in this fifth movie as well exactly so i like that um you know it 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 was able to still not try to ignore the, the aspects of four they heavily played it into why indiana jones is the way he is in this movie why you know because of the events of four it's still you know now he has this deteriorated relationship with marion because of the loss of their son and all of that so um it plays into the fact that you know after the events of that fourth film he did develop a really strong relationship with mutt to the point that it you know it's causing him pain now so i like that they were able to work that into the story in a really a thoughtful way um, that really yeah. informs the character. Um, I like. like that I don't we started... think it's Shia's best role, you know. But <laughs> no, he's um... quite annoying. That, that's yeah. beside the point. I think we're talking too much about Crystal <laughs> okay. Skull. Skull. Yeah. So I'm trying to take it back to to what. So I like that they incorporated elements of four and didn't just try to ignore them because they know what why people didn't like that movie or whatever. Um, but we do open with a younger indie storyline like a younger indie adventure which i think was a great way to open this movie um and setting up our MacGuffin in the past and then we kind of flash forward to this older yeah older and the de-aging and, and all this business i i, I think the de-aging visually looks pretty good i mean we've come yeah. a long way with de-aging technology i still don't think it's necessary you still could have just looked you know you didn't have to de-age him in 1993 when you just had river phoenix play your child indiana jones and we all understood it was indiana jones then so why couldn't you just yeah there was a and the, there was a whole series and i think and there was a whole series uh where sean patrick flannery played him um okay and did Indiana we all Indiana. understand that it was indiana jones i assume yes. Yes. So why but, can't we just have that it looks real. It doesn't look weird. There's elements of it that look. I think weird. when he like turns a little bit and the eyes kind of are a little bit blank, 
um, because they're doing it over. So Harrison Ford said like he did like the acting for those scenes and then they just kind of put a younger face over his face. So it wasn't like them putting a face on another actor kind of like what they did in The Mandalorian with Luke Skywalker and stuff. Yeah. Um, so they were actually putting that younger face over Harrison Ford's face. Um, it's also Lucasfilm that's just obsessed with de-aging as well, isn't it? I mean, yes, yes. But they, but they have tons of, but they have tons of archive footage, obviously from years back they of, do. of Harrison Ford in particular. So they had a lot to work with. So yeah, there were scenes where he, when he would turn his head a little bit and things that wouldn't look quite right. But um, overall, I think it looked pretty good. I think this was a fun opening adventure to set up our character. Um, oh, yeah. Toby uh, Jones's weird yes. <laughs> philosopher. Yes. And to set up our MacGuffin uh, and really get us back into, to, you know, what these movies were. It felt very much like an Indiana Jones movie. They set it at night, obviously, I think, to camouflage some things, which I think was still, it still you was fun. Yeah, you can't fault that. It, it, it makes sense. It's a good opening action set piece, really, on yes. that train. You know, it's it's wartime at this point, right yeah. near the end of World War Two. Obviously, Nazis are a big focus of this movie, yeah. as they always tend to be in Indiana yeah. Jones to some degree. Mads Mikkelsen is just the perfect villain. Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is always a wonderful, wonderful villain. He can play great villains in movies that do not deserve his villain performances in them yeah. i'm thinking of for example the third fantastic beasts movie which i know we all like to forget about those movies and the fact yeah. they ever existed now however his version of grindelwald was really good really really good performance actually and i, I like johnny depp's it. version in the second movie actually yeah. i we don't like to remember those movies really exist, I suppose, do we? But <laughs> yeah. they do, so they're there, so you go off them. Yeah. But he's so good, Mads Mikkelsen, at consistently playing so, so menacing. And the fact that he can get away with playing virtually any random European country villain... <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> It somehow works, which and was you funny entirely believe his drive and obsession and yeah. stubbornness in this movie. It, it's really good, and it's it's matched with obviously Indy's just passion for 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 history and passion for. Yes, kind of I love that we saw seeing that something purely from him. Yeah, seeing. There's pure heartedness to Indiana Jones. Yeah, so it's a and, good it's a good a, a dichotomy the the two of them kind of facing off yeah. the juxtaposition between their two ideologies because obviously I think there's this this respect for history on his of the villain side, but for much more sinister kind of yeah. understandings. Because the dial of destiny of dealing with is something that uh, the Greek philosopher Archimedes made, and yeah apparently has something to do with oh can it be travel. a time travel device yes um, like so can direct you to like fissures in time and yes. you can go through them and yeah and and go back in time and all this kind of stuff again probably the biggest conceptual idea or, or 
I say biggest conceptual idea, look at the amount of religious things you've had to deal with in past in, Indiana Jones yeah. movies. But it's a, it's a massive concept that this movie does deal with. And I actually think, I, I personally do think it pulls it off. Yeah. I personally do think it pulls it off. And we'll get into, obviously, the, the, the ending of this movie in a little bit. But Mads Mikkelsen, ex-Nazi, still a Nazi, really. The war's just over now. We're, we're in 1969. And he's actually um, been re recruited to help, you know, build um, rockets build, and things yeah, for the build, US. Build yeah, things for NASA. Yeah. yeah. He wants to get this dial of destiny, Archimedes dial, so we can go back to World War II and ensure that the Nazis win. Yes. By whatever means necessary. I actually think it's really interestingly revealed slightly later on that he doesn't want Hitler to win. No. He wants to do it himself. Yes, yeah. He, he will perfectly happily have take Hitler on. die. Yes, and, and take on the leadership role to get what he wants. Um, He's like king that, Nazi. <laughs> yes. Um, like that very interesting conversation he has with the waiter, you know. Oh, yes, in his kind of in opening his, in scene hotel. in the 60s. Yes, yeah. in, in his hotel room, basically talking about how um basically we just didn't win but that that's that can be easily fixed and really kind of Where criticizing like, you didn't win the war hitler lost he always says hitler <laughs> yeah lost yeah as well yes. it's very you know he, he he's a nazi he's a horrible horrible yes. nazi we don't like nazis yeah but the man doesn't like hitler either <laughs> yes yeah, so it's really interesting that he's like i could have done it better i'm going to do it better kind of attitude which is I really kind of terrifying it's scary it's horrendously terrifying yes so even though he's very kind of quiet and a thoughtful villain which mads is great at he's still very scary <laughs> Very, very you know. scary, and like you said, paired so well, directly opposite Indiana Jones' warmth and pure-heartedness, like we say, and just yeah. wants to search for the other half of this dial, because it's split in, in half, and, and Indy has one half in his kind of university archive, Um because Toby Jones's character, his kind of old friend, went insane trying to figure out the it, mysteries of this out. dial. Yeah. Um, scared daughter. his scared his daughter, you know, a lot because it, it basically drove him absolutely mad. It drove him to death, really. Yeah. It drove Toby Jones's character to death. His daughter, grown up now, is Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah. Who I also really like in this movie. I think yes. she's got every every good trait of all your previous female leads from indiana jones movies but almost put together yes and so it's and not, obviously and naturally it's, people hate her because she's a woman so yes the world and so it's like the internet only doesn't seen, like that yes and we've only seen him work with women who he ends up kind of having a romantic attachment to so what they've kind of put that's, that's on true. her yes, they've made her a mix of like the female companions that he had but also made her um, like what Mutt was supposed to be. So like yeah. almost a successor, but, 
you know, someone who's very capable on their own, but also kind of a female kind of counterpart to him. And I think maybe it's just because she wasn't a romantic thing to him, which that's all we've ever seen him kind of have is, is the romantic person as a female character. Only ever one person in my eyes should have ever been romantically interested in Indiana Jones. And thankfully, it ends up being that way in this movie. Yes, I thought you were going to say, and it's me. (laughs) It's not me. Although I have met Karen Allen, actually. Yeah? I have met Karen Allen. Uh, Very, uh, very lovely person. I once made a fool of myself in front of Karen Allen. Really? What'd you do? Uh, Yes, I, I asked her for a photograph and then my phone wouldn't work. And then it took ages, and it took ages and ages, and just kept taking ages. Time stood still. It was like the dial of destiny. Oh Time no! Still. And there is a horrendously dark, horrible photograph of me with Karen Allen. Um, if you if you search way back in my uh, oh no, archive of photos. photos. Yeah, That's so sad. But I have met Karen Allen. She's lovely. Well, she was when I met her anyway. She she didn't mind the time it took. Um, yeah. I'll I'll say that about her. Um, laughed it off and then I just felt like an idiot. Aww. <laughs> Naturally. Yes. I'm glad that she's kind of like the long-standing female character. I actually got went to the church where they got married in Crystal Skull, so. Oh, okay. Yes. Um... But yeah, I, I'm glad that she was kind of the the circle back female character. But yes, I think it's because maybe she was the first female character that wasn't um, kind of this romantic situation. It was somebody who probably, was kind of... but surely that would have been weirder. Surely, yes, yes. For, for and I don't expect it. Old Indiana no, Jones. well, I'm not saying like to have a younger woman be his romantic person. It's just a female character in general not being, you know. Um, you know what in that role like you, you know yes. what internet men are like so. yes hence them not liking this character because she's has agency and she kind of foils indiana jones you know at a few points and i thought she was very um, very entertaining really yes she was a lot of fun and um i i liked that by the end because you know you kind of expect this to happen in the first beginning she's kind of against indiana jones she's not really working with him she's doing things on her own she's kind of not being the best person Um, she's his goddaughter i mean come on have some yes half familial bonds i didn't realize you know who who knew that indiana jones was so close with toby jones that he would let you know, his daughter be godfather, goddaughter situation. Situation, yeah. Um, and then I think people also had some complaints about our short round substitute character. Um, but I didn't mind him. Like I didn't mind him. I mean, admittedly, I think he was a little bit... He, he was an, a, a, an archetype and nothing more than an archetype. Yeah, so it, like, it didn't bother me. A but simple I simple li- character. Yes. And I like that. I like that he was like her, her short round, and not a character was, they tried to yeah. make his short round. Yeah, he was. That's true. So you, yeah. I suppose, I suppose I like it from that standpoint. But he, he has his role to play as a character in that movie, and he yeah. does that, and he does nothing more than that. Yeah. And I feel like everybody else kind of does a little bit more. And you can't fault the guy. You can't yeah. fault the guy playing him. Or anything like that. I think it's 
probably how it's written and to an extent do we not expect movies like indiana jones to have these callbacks you to know, characters to, and... to have callbacks yes yeah. but to have a rather clear portrait of good and evil and a rather yeah. clear <laughs> portrait of you know character types and Archety things like that archetypes and things like that yeah definitely we're not dealing with a great many gray characters in the indiana jones movies ever are yeah. we so yeah you can't fault it from that point he's he's an enjoyable character he's an entertaining character he does seem to have an awful lot of technical skills for seemingly someone who's lived on the street in morocco yes yeah an awful then... lot of like airplane flight capability well i mean they do try <laughs> to hint at that that he's like you know practicing um with you know american pilots who go, yes and american pilots kind of showing him the different controls and things like that so he kind of at least has a feel for it which i, I mean i have seen that in movies before there was this movie um in the 90s called young at heart with mel gibson and elijah wood and mel gibson he was a pilot who you know was like frozen in like the 50s and then he comes back in like the 90s and he, you know, befriends Elijah Wood, who helps take care of him. And he shows him, like, with cardboard and all kinds of stuff, the different controls of a plane and all that stuff. And then there's a scene where Elijah Wood actually has to apply that and help, like, okay, land a plane. So it's been done on screen before. So it very much took me back to Young at Heart, if you know the movie, then yes. Um, yeah, so not something, I like that there was a setup for that, that, like, um, you know, it's probably something he regularly does with American pilots who come to the to the that club or whatever, and they show him, you know, because he's eager to learn how to whatever. So I, I, it's fair that he would maybe have some kind of understanding of, of, okay. of flying a plane and be useful later in the movie. So I didn't think that was too far fetched, crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will say they really kind of try to have this set up with Antonio Banderas's character only for him to be kind of not not as that was unfortunate yes wasn't it, he yes. had very few lines he had very few things to do and then he's, he's gone so um yeah yes, was he was promptly weird. murdered by Matt <laughs> Mickelson's people yes so it was very much like why cast Antonio Banderas if he's not really gonna do anything so yeah I did think that admittedly that was yeah kind of a shame nice to see antonio banderas yeah. in a major movie that you don't yeah. tend you don't get to see his face in major movies a great deal yeah um so it, it's nice from that point of view but yeah i did think a little bit wasted of a particular performer yeah. in, a, in a in a role that could have really gone to anyone Anybody. at all yeah um so i'll i'll say that fair but ultimately i just think i i went into this movie wanting to feel like I, I was wanting by the end of it to feel like i'd seen a an indiana jones movie and yeah. you, and by that i want you know a, a particular kind of fondness that emanates from the screen of of historical and culturally significant locations yes and you know, have some sort of mystic art, mystic artifact. 
Yes, which we got. Um, and have people rummaging around, crossing over like wooden bridges and <laughs> going through caves. Yes, and we got that. Holding flaming torches and Epic Indiana Jones sequences. using his whip and chases and actions and mm -hmm. beating the Nazis. And yes. we got all of this. We got all of this. So I came out of it going, I enjoyed that. That's a good. Yes. It had what everything you want from the Indiana Jones movie. Um, it definitely played into his age and, and how he feels it about did. it now and, and still showing him kind of doing the action as best as somebody that age could potentially do that action. But like, like that but speaking, speaking as Indiana Jones talking about why am I doing this? I've got three screws in one knee. I've got a busted other knee. I've got like a bad back. Yeah. My neck's yeah. killing me. Why am I climbing up this stone wall? I'm too old for this. It's very much I'm too old for this from Indiana Jones' yes. perspective. Not just yeah. us looking at Harrison Ford going, why are they making Harrison Ford do this? Do all of this, He yeah. clearly wants to do this. He clearly wants to portray this an Indiana Jones. at this time in his life, yeah. Yeah, an older Indiana Jones, an Indiana Jones that hasn't got much left in him has got one something left yes and he still very much feels like that character of an older version like that's why i loved that's why i loved michael keaton in the flash because he felt very much okay. like familiar to the bruce that we knew as a young man now yeah. older, and he, he really kept that energy of that character so i definitely think harrison ford is doing that with this iteration of indiana jones and i feel like get, the action tomb raiding <laughs> as well don't yes you? Tomb raiding. yes and I like Archimedes like old tomb with its all statues and cobwebs. Yes, and, and the fact that they found some things. Yeah, they found some things on his sarcophagus that were like propellers. And what's this watch yeah, doing in here? Only for that to have this really fun cyclical time travel connection that we get to later, which I thought was like yes, a cool because thing. because there is time travel in this movie. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! It is crazy. I'll yeah. be. I, I, I'll fully admit. It's absolutely crazy. I did not envision this happening in this movie at all. Look, we we know we've had we got aliens, fantastical things. No, we've had fantastical things happen in past Indiana Jones movies, as we've all as we've already said. Yes. We've often had religious and philosophical uh, issues be yeah. discussed in Indiana Jones movies and, and things like that always been brought up, always been a major part of them. Here is our philosophical scientific issue that yes. is brought in, up in this movie because it's it's all Archimedes. It's not Jesus or Moses or whatever was happening in Temple of Doom <laughs> yeah. or, um, or aliens. Um, this is time. This is... This is greek philosophers yes and this is like thinking in history so it's like i love that we're like by the end of it we're seeing how much indy loves history the fact that now yes. he's in the situation which will which okay we can um let's talk just talk about it. about it now yes so mads mickelson's whole plan is to go back to a specific date so that he can win the war um yes and he is using the dial to kind of coordinate where that fissure is in time to go through it. 
And as they're going there, Indiana has been shot at this point. They've captured him. He's on their plane. So it's up to um, uh, his goddaughter to save him. And he's going through this hole, only realizing that uh, Archimedes didn't account for, I think, continental drift. Um, Yes, Archimedes did not know about continental drift. You're going through the wrong hole. This is going to end badly for you. Yes. So they end up. Where do we end? (laughs) We end up way, way far in the past, a little too far during a war with ships and and like. It's this the siege of Syracuse, which is on. Yes. Is it's on Sardinia? No, it's not. It's on Sicily. Yes. It's on. It's on Sicily. Um, and it's the Greeks attacking, or is it the Greeks? Is it the Romans attacking Grecian settlement on, on Sicily or something like that? Yes. It's the siege of Syracuse on Sicily anyway. So then obviously, Archimedes is there. Yeah, so obviously, and all of a sudden it becomes a, 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 an ancient period piece of a movie with Indiana yes. Jones in the middle of it all. And the plane's and going plane. through and they don't understand, they think they're dragons and so confused and they don't know what's going on so they're shooting them down with their like slingshot cannons and their very you know primitive weapons of war and spears and bows and arrows yeah yes it's very scary and so Mads Mikkelsen is panicked he's like I've made a mistake I don't know what to do so he's very stressed at that point um only for them to, you know, Indy to be able to get off the plane. They He lands in a parachute with, with uh, Phoebe. And um, he wants to stay there and die there. And, like, the, just the way they have him looking around and taking in the history and marveling at it. And the fact that this is something he studied his whole life and, um, you know, was always important to him to preserve these things. And... Yeah he just wanted to stay there and, and live in that because like, what does he have going home? You know, he has well, nothing. Even get, yeah. He's got a tiny apartment in, in New York. His, he's, his marriage is over. Yeah. You know, his son is, he's is on his dead own. in the war. Yeah. Um, he even gets to meet Archimedes, you know, the both of them. And uh, let's call it what it is as well. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is also very much in the vein of Indiana Jones, given the fact she's so, into studying history she's so yes, into all this but she's a bit of a scoundrel about it in terms of wanting to steal things and and profit yes. off of them and and yeah she, she's kind of been jaded about she understands that she's studied it enough to care about it to some degree that she's studying it but has become very much like I want to go the opposite vein because look how my father studied this and kind of went insane. Yeah. I'm going to study it and see what I can gain from it. I feel like is how they play her character. But but the the but Archimedes is kind of fascinated because he, he rec- he's currently you see him making the dial itself. That <laughs> yeah, we've already just seen them use to actually get here in the first place. Yeah, he's kind of recognizing. Wait a minute. Did this work at some point in the future? Yeah. I need to go and have a look at what's going on outside here. So he takes his little yes. servant boy with him. And they go off. And Indiana Jones meets actual Archimedes. Yes. Which is probably the weirdest thing and that these movies have ever done. 
Yes, Archimedes. Speaks to him in ancient Greek. Well, I mean, I mean, he talked to that uh, <laughs> at night. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't even speaking as he should have been. Because really, if we're being honest with you, should have probably been speaking French yeah, that, that old night. Yeah. He should have either been speaking French or a very for or a very distinct form of old English. That is true. Which you wouldn't be able to really understand. It would sound like either, you know, an untranslated version of the Canterbury Tales or French. Okay. Well, I appreciate you correcting the inaccuracies in an Indian. <laughs> Shouldn't have been speaking normal, understandable English. Well, that is true. Well, Archimedes is not speaking English, which I appreciate. No, and they're Greek. speaking, yes, and they're speaking his language. And, and he immediately knows they're from the future, which I love. And there's just like this immediate understanding from him. Like he's not afraid of them or uh, weary of them. He's really curious about them. No. He asked them, how long have you traveled? How far have you traveled? Yeah. So like about 2,000 years. And they show him the dial. They show him his uh, the watch. And that's kind of how the watch ends up in his <laughs> in his uh, grave. For the rest of his life. Yeah. And the propellers on the side around. of his... Yes. Archimedes walking around wearing a watch at a time when clocks had been so far off being invented <laughs> yes um i'm and i'm led to believe i think i saw like i was watching a breakdown and they were kind of actually going on to the history and he i think archimedes actually died during that war because he was working on something really important and his men were trying to get him to leave and he refused to leave because he wanted to finish what he was working on and the man who was guarding him just got annoyed that it was taking so long and killed him <laughs> oh for god's sake so that I think that's what right. yeah. I think that's what really happened. So I'm glad that they, that's not, that he was working on the dial, and one of those yeah. guys that was guarding him just got annoyed. And <laughs> this is a here. much better outcome, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, I I actually really like it. I think it's it's as weird as it is, as out there as it is, it's oddly poignant because you do get that moment of just sitting with Indiana Jones saying. I'm ready to die here. I'm ready happy. to die surrounded by history. The thing I'm I happy love the with most. this. The and only Phoebe thing I have Bridges left. Pleading yeah. with him. Pleading with him, Phoebe Waller-Bridges. It's like, you can't. No, we have to go back. We have to go back. We'll get you back. We have to go back. And he's just. Like, what do I have resigned. to go back to? Yeah. Not even resigned himself, but content with himself. Yes. And I love that, that he's surrounded by history and that's enough for him because he doesn't have his wife. He doesn't have his son. His goddaughter seemingly doesn't really maybe care about him in, in a, you know, or has shown him that she cares about him in a way that's worth him still being around for her. I suppose right up until this. Right. So that end, like her risk to get on that plane to save him, I think is like kind of her big gesture. And then this kind of final gesture of that she needs him and she wants him in her life and she wants him to be around and also doesn't want him to screw up history. Um, So uh, yeah, I like that he's contented and just being dying, being surrounded by history because he feels like that's the only thing he's ever had. And the only thing he has left in that moment. So I thought that was a really beautiful thing for this character. So had they left him there, I think that would have been like a beautiful ending for him. But I also like yeah. that, you know, she she needed him and she was finally able to stop pushing him away 
because of reminders of her father, because of what this thing did to him, because of selfish reasons, and that she could respect him and care about him enough to want to bring him back. So I like how that ended up playing out, that she ends up kind of <laughs> knocking him out and taking yes. him back. Yeah. Yes. And we end up back. And, I mean, it's an overjoyous happy ending, isn't it, really? Yeah. Marion comes back and seems to be like okay now like i'm not yeah well i like well i like that the explanation for them parting was not about anything he did really it was just her grief her grief was just too much it was just too much he couldn't console her she was too heartbroken about the loss of mutt that she couldn't function and he just didn't have the capacity to console her or, or make her feel better about any of it so it was never anything he did wrong it was never an argument between the two of them it was just the loss of her child was just all consuming and there was nothing he could do about it so yeah. i think maybe when she's faced with the point of losing him that might be that might be kind of the the enough how i kind of explained it in my own head no i think was that the thought yeah. of losing him was enough for her to to realize that you know yeah. there was nothing he did you know i think it would be better for us to deal with this, this pain together because i and don't want to lose him too precious. yes especially that they recreate that scene uh, from from raiders with you know it doesn't hurt here on the elbow doesn't hurt here and like kissing all these places yes. so that was a very sweet moment from raiders with them together and to, to kind of relive that was really really cute and very just cute. kind of getting the little uh grabbing of the hat at the end i think was really sweet getting to see sala i like they they played him in very well that you know over the you know years they, did. <laughs> they, they actually did i mean you know, john, john reese davis bless him does look old yes but, but even the fact that he's like i brought my passport so i can come with you <laughs> he's so cute that he wants to go on the advent i missed the sea and i missed the, like he's very much i missed like, the desert indeed <laughs> yes he's so good i love his delivery like he's just it was good seeing him and like they played him into the plot well that like over the years um indiana jones got him out and and brought him to america and helped him and his billions of kids and now he has grandkids and yeah living in new york just my kid my children know what it's like to be american and egyptian yes they are so proud great. of their heritage and he does yes. he speaks in that very yes booming grandiose way <laughs> give them hell indiana jones <laughs> like... and then that gets almost gets run over like, <laughs> yeah uh, so it kills the momentum of the, the moment but in the trailer it worked no very well. they uh they, they did play salary really well actually yes. i think yeah J- just to have him be there yes because he he's obviously a favorite character from, yeah. from the history of Indiana Jones. Um I really did enjoy it. I really mm-hmm. did enjoy it. I know it's not you know, I don't think it's the best of the Indiana Jones movies, but I, I don't see anything to really you know fault to really complain that much about to really not loving it aside from a little bit of the general annoyance at the fact we constantly have to de-age rather than just casting a real looking other person. Yeah, well, I think they actually did have some body doubles in terms of kind of the stunt stuff. It was a stunt guy. Yeah. And it was the guy who 
everyone wanted to play Solo who played young Harrison Ford in that Age of Adeline movie. So I think he actually did some of the like the stunt things as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no, I I had a lot of fun with it. It was it was the Indiana it was an Indiana Jones movie in the vein of what I want an Indiana Jones movie yeah. to be. You're certainly an older Indiana Jones movie. Um I don't necessarily think it's as dynamic as Raiders or Temple of Doom or, or Last Crusade, but it's thematically quite interesting when you sit with it. And yeah. I, I I enjoyed Dial of Destiny. I, I really, really did. did too. I thought like and then they thought like the action was nonstop as well. Um, so many really great, well-placed callbacks to things, a solid villain, very much of the formula. So I don't know why that was a complaint for people. It literally followed the same formula as all of the other films. Yeah. Um, really just showing, kind of closing with Indy's love and passion for history in general. Um, really feeling like what this character would be like at this age um and having the just this beautiful ending with his best girl i think was just really yes. sweet so yeah marion yeah i marian. really enjoyed it <laughs> yeah we like marion yeah um did you want to give a quick ranking i suppose we yes. can't really, don't really have time for much of a big discussion <laughs> no, on no, this. no. <laughs> but i'll give my quick ranking which is is crystal skull mm-hmm Dial of Destiny, I think, goes at four. Okay. And that's still to say, I don't mind Crystal Skull. I, I do think it's the weakest. I think it's the one I will still probably watch the yeah. least. Um, Dial of Destiny goes there. Temple of Doom goes next. And then it's Raiders and Last Crusade, because Last Crusade is my favorite one. Um, That's my exact ranking as yes. well. Yes. Good. I'm glad you're and a I Last Crusader, like, Yes, I love Last Crusade the most. Um, but I could also say that I could maybe be a bit interchangeable with Dial and Destiny and Temple of Doom. Like honestly. You you could be. You could be. I think I like Temple of Doom because it's really dark. It's it's nasty. very horror. I mean, that movie was responsible for horror. the PG thirteen <laughs> rating being a thing. It's very horror. <laughs> and yeah. it's very horror, and it just there is levels, I think, to Indiana Jones movies. And yes, okay, overall quality-wise and enjoyability-wise, I think Dial of Destiny and Temple of Doom are probably reasonably level. Very different tonal yeah. movies, though. Very different yeah. tonal movies. Last Crusade and Raiders are on that next level up, I think, yeah. of overall quality-wise. Quality and I think people tend to, to just go with the easy answer of oh Raiders is the best one, it's the first one, it changed yeah. everything. It was oh it's very, yeah. very good. It's obviously it very, very But very I have good. so much fun with Last Crusade. The dynamic between him and Sean Connery is really fun. It's um, a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Last Crusade is a little bit more interesting. Character wise for Indiana Jones. And I think possibly story-wise as well like i always remember the one thing i always remember the first thing i ever think about when i think of indiana jones is him crossing the the bridge with all the letters on mm -hmm. 
in Last Crusade. It's not anything from Raiders. It's not the boulder from the start. Yeah. It's not, you know, the the faces melting or the the light, you know, getting dragged by the rope on the back of the van. It's not any of that from Raiders. It's crossing that bridge and having to remember Bible verses. Yeah. In Last Crusade, because it's the Holy Grail. Um it's always that, so I've always had that. I watched Raiders first. Raiders was the first Indiana Jones yeah, movie so. that I did watch, but I always, always go for Last Crusade. Yes. No, it's definitely the one I would go back to kind of the most as well. It's just a lot of fun. Feels bigger. Um, you know, the riding off into the sunset. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so good. good. So good. Yeah. It's so... And Salah's in that as well. So, yes. you know, you can't... I think it has the great comedy as well good it does it does and sean connery brings an awful lot to that movie yeah Yeah. awful lot well well i think it's fun and games time janine it's fun and games time i have my little book today oh my gosh what is that (laughs) it's my fun and games book it's my trivia book (laughs) okay because today in honor of um Electra in, De- in in Deadpool 3. We're going to have some questions on fringe Marvel movies, Janine. Yay! Oh my fringe God. Marvel <laughs> trivia okay. uh, that I'm going to test you on today. Let me just get the answers because I don't know if I know any of these. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I know any of these. I mean, I always go on and on about how I love this era of comic book movies, but how much do I actually know them? Well, there is a total of 20 questions here. Ah, uh, okay. Um, it, it's it's apparently called The Other MCU, this particular. This is from oh, my the the Ultimate Comic Book Quiz little book oh, that I have, okay. um, which is... is just comic book movie trivia. Um, so yes, fun and games today. Fringe Marvel movies. Yeah, okay. Number one. Um, you'll 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 get this one. George Lucas is credited as executive producer on which Marvel adaptation? Uh, that would be Howard the Duck. <laughs> yes, yes, that that's correct. Yes. Oh, that could also be added to our. <laughs> Fringe DC, more work it hasn't seen series. I'd be more into that than watching um, Fan Four Stick, I'll be honest with you. Uh, who was the first actor to play the Punisher on the big screen? Uh, Thomas Jane? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. No, I'm afraid it was Dolph Lundgren. <gasps> yes, you're right. Yes. yes. Mm, I forgot about that. But who was the second? Thomas Jane. <laughs> Thomas Jane, yes. That, that was number, that was question three. Okay. <laughs> this is a strange question. Adult movie legend, <laughs> Tracy Lords. Okay. Okay. Features in which Marvel movie? I have no idea this is this Ooh. adult movie. Who, I know. Who is I know. This, what is this book to suggest who is an adult movie? I know. Well, not? I know who Tracy Lords is. Like, she's one of those actors who in the 90s kind of transitioned from porn to like actual movies. I actually don't know who that is. So, 
This isn't me, by the way, going <laughs> no. on some sort of moral the only high movie, ground. The only movie I, I like off the top of my head that I can think of her in is that Johnny Depp movie, Cry Baby. Um, no, this is a Marvel movie. Yes. Um, no, I don't... I can't. Apparently she's in Blade. Oh, she is. Yes. Yes, she is. Okay. Yeah. Roger Corman executive produced which never officially released super team adaptation ah the fantastic four yes he did which was what year but it was never released in oh should have been 1994 yes i'm like yeah it was in the 90s johnny blaze is the alter ego of which marvel hero a ghost rider but there is another ghost rider, isn't there? There's a there's another one. Is he Mexican? Oh, I think so. Was he not in one of the shows? Was he? I not think he was Agents in the of Agents of Shield. Shield. Yeah. Don't know his name, unfortunately. Uh, name the Marvel movie that co-stars Nick Nolte and Josh Lucas. <laughs> that would be Hulk. <laughs> yes. Simply Hulk. just Hulk. Hulk. Which rapper gained a supporting role in the 2004 director's cut of Daredevil? Rapper? Oh. This is interesting, actually. I feel like I I remembered something about this, but I don't... Like, they were supposed to be in it more, but then they cut them? Well, apparently, well, seemingly, because this rapper only gained a supporting role in the director's cut. Apparently. Uh, yeah. I don't Dead remember. Like, I vaguely remember this, and I do have the, I do own the director's cut. <laughs> of course you do. Why would you not? Oh, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was. Was it the RZA? Was it Coolio? <laughs> I'm going to need a final answer, Janine. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say the Riz. I don't remember. Well, you have just said his name. It was Coolio. It was Coolio? Okay. It was Coolio, yes, okay. it was. Uh, which movie tied with Fifty Shades of Grey for the worst film at the 2016 Razzie Awards? 2016? What super was it fan four stick? <laughs> this was fan four stick, yes it was. <laughs> Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance directors Mark Neville Dean and Brian Taylor made their mark with which 2006 Jason Statham movie? Um The Transporter, I guess. I don't know. Well, it was Crank. Crank. Uh, Crank. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Director Mark Stephen Johnson has to date helmed two Marvel movies. Yes. Name them. Oh. Did he do Daredevil? I think he did yes, Daredevil. Yes, that is one of them. Yes. <sighs> did he do Ghost Rider? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Well done. There you go. Question number 12. Yes. Which movie brings together The Walking Dead's Norman Reedus, Red Dwarf's Danny John Jules, 
and 80s pop star Luke Goss. What? <laughs> what? How would, how would anybody have any idea? Norman Reedus in a Marvel movie. Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess Blade, Blade 2? I don't know. Blade 2 is the answer, yes. Blade what? Is the answer. <laughs> um, what is the subtitle of the Fantastic Four sequel released in 2007? We mentioned it today. Rise did, of the yes, Silver we Surfer. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, which early 2000s movie gave Ryan Reynolds his first big screen comic book role? Um, I'm just saying, was the Green Lantern before uh, X-Men Origins? Which early 2000s? Early 2000s? Early 2000s. Gave Ryan Reynolds his first big screen comic book. Even I knew this. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, I'm surprised. It? I'm just like, was Green Lantern before or after X Men Origins Wolverine? Because it was well, either one of those, right? No? no, it is not either one of those. <gasps> is it Blade Three? It's Blade Trinity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I forgot about Blade Trinity. He was looking pretty good in Blade Trinity. Oof. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Punisher Warzone star Ray Stevenson. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ray Stevenson, yes. Later went on to appear in which MCU movies? The Thor movies as Volstag. Yes. Uh, Warzone also features which uh, BAFTA winning British actor as Jigsaw? Oh, I don't know. I never saw Punisher Warzone. Dominic West. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, True or False, Ghost okay. Rider 2007 features an early appearance from Anna Kendrick. The first Ghost Rider movie? Yes. No, but Rebel Wilson then. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what the answer says. It says no, but it does feature her pitch perfect, uh, pitch perfect co star, Rebel Wilson. Wilson. Yes, Wilson she's like this well dopey done. person who they interview on the news who says she saw Ghost Rider and was like, He had flames. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Which of his fantastic fan forstic, sorry, which of his fan forstic cast? Did Josh Trank first direct in Chronicle from 2012? Oh. Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Uh, the penultimate question. Oh. True or false? Uh, ben Affleck was caught from the theatrical release of Electra. I believe that's true. Is true, but he appears in the director's cut. If you also <laughs> own that, I have Electra. I own Electra, uh, but I did not. I don't think I have the director's cut. Okay. <laughs> and the last question: Despite the infamy of his 1986 film Howard the Duck, is now a part of the MCU. 
Name the movies he's appeared in. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians, of the, I guess that new one wouldn't be in there. And uh, okay. Avengers Endgame. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done, well done, Janine. You've done well. Yes, I'm mad about the Coolio because I knew the Coolio, but Fringe I was like, Marvel but I know the Rizza was doing a lot of stuff, like really getting into acting around that time. But I remember something about Coolio, but then I was like, was I just thinking about Batman, <laughs> Batman yeah. and Robin, yeah. where he's like the the that's stupid, isn't it? I forgot about the, that. the the motorbike racing guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. yeah. R.I.P. Well, Coolio as well. R.I.P. Coolio, yes, as well, of course. There we go. Big, extra special episode today. <laughs> I think we've had fun on today's episode of Monday Madness, Janine, as we always tend to do. It is, of course, not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. You can find the It's a Wonderful podcast feed on all major podcast platforms with this show on Mondays. Morgan hasn't seen on Wednesdays where we are at the moment talking the Mission Impossible movies because Janine's finally got me to watch those. Yes. Uh, thanks to Dead Reckoning Part 1 coming out. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming, really. Mission Impossible, I think. Yes, and we'll have more to talk. Because apparently Tom Cruise says he wants to be making these movies well into his 80s. His 80s? <laughs> That's what he recently said. <laughs> so <laughs> He's insane. Yes. He's insane. He is insane. <laughs> Mission Impossible on Morgan hasn't seen every yes. Wednesday at the moment. And of course, the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast itself, every Friday, celebrating old movies, showing love to them, giving them a little platform to say, hey, look, this is from along many decades ago, but it's great. Yeah. Stop forgetting about it, you weirdo who doesn't watch <laughs> old movies. Watch old movies, they're way better. They're great. They are, they just are. That's Morgan's personal opinion of the day. <laughs> One of several Morgan's personal opinions of the yes. day. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on all major podcast platforms. And of course, subscribe and ding your notification bells on this YouTube channel for all the fun stuff we have here and have coming to here, as we alluded to at the very beginning of today's show, um, as well as all the other good stuff we have and will be having on here anyway because we're not going anywhere on the youtube channel either if you would like to support us on patreon or donate in any way there are links down in the description to do that we love all our patrons dearly we can't do what we do without their generous support and uh, those links are there if you would like to join them you can, of course, also just find us on social media, on Twitter, at It's a Wonderful One. You can find me on Twitter, at The Purple Dawn, with a three instead of the E and the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram and TikTok, at The Purple Dawn. All your delightful stuff is worth. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, the link has been just scrolling by on the bottom, or you can check the description or search uh, It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. We have some really fun designs over there, some Stranger Things designs, some logos for all of our shows. So please check it out for merch. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. I do think there's only one thing left to do unless you had anything else to say about anything else at all. No, I think we've said a lot. <laughs> we 
we have said a certain we have certainly said a lot yes i was going to say we have said a certainly a lot which is you can tell where my voice is at at the moment <laughs> yes with the yes. amount we've talked about on today's show i wonder if there's any impressions from today's show we could possibly get you to do I no. think over evil over evil nazi would be unfortunate and unpleasant and nobody wants to hear that yes but it would be in keeping with Indiana Jones. Hmm. Let's do another Salah impression, shall we, Jimmy? <laughs> he's, he's always good for an impression. Oh my god, no. Three, two, one. <laughs> Bye.